All show participants, including myself, are to the best of our abilities and intentions here to engage in informative discussions about any and all facets surrounding mental health issues with integrity, sensitivity, and honesty. As your host, I am here to start the conversation and help, but all of my opinions are of my own and not to be substituted for professional medical expertise or treatment. I am not a medical expert, and while my opinions on this show are intended to bring positivity, change, and help to my audience, some of them might not be agreeable to you. Know that these opinions and experiences are only shared with the soul and express intent to help you start the journey toward a better day, not to hurt, offend, or discredit. And with that, let's start the show. How are we today, everyone? Welcome to another episode of How Are We Today? I'm your host, Tyler Coe. This is episode number three. And on today's program, we have Dr. Aaron Underbrink and Mr. Andy Cortez of Kind of Funny. We are also going to be going over homework from last week. Uh, we have a really big announcement at the end of the program, so I hope you guys uh, stick around for that because uh, I'm very excited to tell you what it's about. Um, and this week, ladies and gentlemen, has been a massive week for mental health. It has been the hot button topic around the planet, specifically concerning the Olympics and what is going on with Simone Biles and the controversy, if you will, surrounding her about her bowing out of the Olympics due to mental health and then bowing back in. And the conversation has been very heated. There has been a lot of misinformation, a lot of ignorance and mostly anger aimed at Simone Biles, uh, Naomi Osaka, anybody who is even attempting to tell people that, hey, I'm going through a struggle right now. I hope you can understand. The understanding is not there. She's been bombarded with questions like, why are you not strong enough to get through this? What is true strength? You know, how can somebody be depressed and then not depressed so quickly? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, hard work means grinding through tough times. It worked for me. Why isn't it working for her? Depression is fake. Anxiety isn't real. Panic attacks, made up. Weakness, strength, sad, happy, fake, real. You know, for those not afflicted by mental illness, those words are, are, are taken literally. There's no layers. They are the purest form of their definition. And for those of us who are afflicted by mental illness or those of us who work in that field dealing with brain disorders, we know and we know full well and factually that those words are constantly overlapping with each other. They are changing, they blur, they get confusing, they mesh together every single day. And those that are stoking the fire with their ignorance, the, the, the lack of ability, nor, you know, they've never even had the practice to even realize what is going on inside of themselves. They've never been able to tap in to their true emotions or subconscious about why. Why do I feel this way? What are these emotions that I have? And I don't necessarily blame them because it's a practice that they've never had to do. Nobody's told them to do it. They themselves don't need to. And those of us who are mentally ill, we deal with this on a daily basis. We practice this all the time, guys. You've heard it. You know it. And it really is easier said than done. And it's something that I still struggle with. I know you, you watching, you struggle with it. That's why you're watching right now. Because how do I, in a sense, hone in on a certain emotion to figure out how to address it, 
what's causing it, why am I feeling this way? And the one feeling that all of us deal with universally is anxiety. Those casting the stones at Simone Bile this week, her decision made those people anxious. It was not about her, it was about them. It was something inside themselves that brought something out that they don't even know how to define or touch. They don't have a clue. My emotions when I first saw it were first anger and then anxiety about the anger because I didn't want to blow up on somebody and then hurt somebody and that has sent me spiraling ever since. And guys, our day-to-day anxiety, pick your poison. You wake up with it, you go to bed with it. For some of us, it is crippling, even worse, can become a real-life handicap. And add that on to everything else that we already deal with. I mean, man, we need a break. We need a break from all of this. So for all of us, we all could use help in figuring out how to simply sit with an emotion. How do I do that? Including the rest of the emotions besides anxiety. And it's as simple as, and easy as that, is how do I sit with an emotion? And what tools can I use? What are the resources that I have both in my mind and my body that I can use in those moments? What are those safeguards that I can go to? So today, among other things, we are going to learn this. How do I notice my thoughts is going to be the episode topic for today. And before I bring on my first guest, Dr. Aaron Underbrink, uh, who is a licensed clinical psychologist who's here to teach us a ton today, I want to play this video first. Uh, to alleviate some of the anxiety in case I got anybody kind of ramped up right there. I kind of got myself ramped up. So this is this video that I'm about to show you is the complete opposite of anxiety. And I want you guys to tune in to that in regard. Like, what, what do you see? What do you get out of this video and this story? And I think that's something we're going to talk about. So let me play this for you guys real quick, and then we'll, we, we will get to our first guest. Well, uh, I think it would... It would be back when I started uh, acting in Chicago. I wasn't very good, and uh, uh, I remember my first experience on the stage. I was so bad, I just walked out <laughs> out on the street and headed and started walking. And I walked for a couple of hours, and I realized I'd walked the wrong direction. Not, not just the wrong direction in terms of where I live, but the wrong direction in terms of a desire to stay alive. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I, I, um, I maybe this may be a little bit not completely true, but it's pretty true that, that I walked. Uh, I then thought, well, if I'm going to die where I am, I may as well just go over towards the lake, and, and maybe I'll float for a while after I'm dead. So I walked over towards the lake, and as I got there, I realized I'd hit Michigan Avenue, I, and. I thought, well, Michigan Avenue, that runs north, too. And so I started walking north. And I ended up in front of the Art Institute of Chicago. And I just walked inside, and I didn't feel like I had any place being there. And they, they used to ask you for <laughs> a donation, you know, when you walk into a museum. And I, didn't, I just walked right through because I was ready to die and uh, pretty much dead. And I walked in, and there's a painting there. And I don't even know who painted it, but it's, I think it's called, I think it's called the, um, the Song of the Lark. And it's a, it's a woman working in a field, and there's a sunrise behind her. And I've always loved this painting. And I saw it that day, and I just thought, well, look, there's a girl who doesn't have a whole lot of prospects, but the sun's coming up anyway, and she's got a, another chance at it. 
So I, th I think that gave me some sort of feeling that I, I, I too have, am, am a person and, and get another chance every day the sun comes up. So that's a quick little snippet I wanted to play for you guys and see what you noticed. Um, by the way, I got that on Twitter from a guy named Todd Spence, of course, from RNC TV. Just want to credit that right there. Uh, he put that together, and I'm glad he tweeted that out. It was, it was spectacular. Um, I noticed a few things in that video, and I, I'm definitely going to ask our guest about that uh, right now. I'm going to bring her on. Uh, our licensed clinical psychologist that is going to be joining us today. Um, we are going to be learning about regulation skills, exposure and response prevention, a few other things. I don't know what these things are. She also told me to bring an ice pack. And if you saw on Twitter, and I actually forgot to mention this at the top of the show, go get an ice pack. If you have a second, we're going to talk about the video, but if you have an ice pack near you, I have been told you need to grab one because it's going to be useful today. So without any further ado, I would love to bring her on, Dr. Aaron Underbrink. Doc, uh, how are we today? Let's see. Can I hear you, Doc? I Can you? We got you now. We, we've got it figured out. There we go. Welcome to the program. How are Good. you? Thank you. Good. Excited. I know. I love the, the setup for the ice pack. It's one of my favorite skills. So <laughs> you can't one. It's fun. It'll be good. It's worth it. Um, so before we get started, you know, I, I just want to mention some things that I saw in that video. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of people are going to notice, apart from the suicide and the basics of just walking, which I really enjoy being mm -hmm. able to touch in and get into that of walking, doing a, a basic human thing, was the uncomfortable laughter in the crowd which is something we're yeah. used to of people not, they don't really understand an emotion. And I think that plays perfectly what's happening with Simone Biles in the Olympics. It's like, we, we don't understand this, so I'm gonna give you either my anger or my laughter, because I don't get it. Yeah, well, I, one of the main things I'm gonna, my caveat that I'm gonna bring up, that I bring up all the time is that we as humans really in our society have been taught to avoid things, right? We are, told not to show things or not to have emotions or to get rid of emotions, calm down, don't worry, relax, right? So there's this, along with just the stigma of having struggles, there's this idea that we're supposed to be getting out of it or fixing it or getting rid of it, right, really quickly. And that idea of avoidance makes us uncomfortable when we have to sit with it, right, when we can't avoid something. Um, and I think that laughter comes up a lot or anger or dismissal right even that any statement of well i wouldn't do it that way that's really an avoidance right oh my gosh absolutely um yeah it brings up a lot of emotions one way or the other and i'm feeling a lot today which i feel is good because we're actually going to be doing some live exercises today while we have yeah. you on the program which I'll, I'll tell you i have a little bit of anxiety about not the kind that's going to make me shy away but i'm very curious about what uh we're going to get into so before we you know, get into the regulation skills. Um, you know, one of the things when we first talked, we really focused on uh, noticing, right? Noticing and use the word metacognition. Um, I'm not too smart. That's a big word. What the heck does that mean? Well, it's a weird word too. It sounds philosophical, but it's it's not. I think of this like the movie Inception, right? Have you seen that movie where you have a dream within a dream? I have. I have that all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is metacognition is a thought within a thought. The whole point of metacognition is that we're noticing our thoughts. And really, this is the bread and butter, I think, of so much psychology, no matter what 
theoretical orientation you're practicing from or what skill you're using, we have to notice first that we're having a thought and that we're having an emotion before we can figure out what to do with it, right? And then once we've noticed that, then we can figure out what to do. So the skill of metacognition is pausing and noticing what's showing up, noticing what thought is showing up and what feeling is showing up. And I, I want to show you a little chart, if that's okay with you. Yes, yes, I love a chart. I got a chalkboard, so yes, we're all about that. No, and this is my not tech savvy chart. This is how I do this in therapy. My patients all laugh at me because one day I'll share my screen, but today this is what you're getting. So, okay, when you talk about fact, and at the beginning of the show, you talked about the science, right? I'm an evidence-based provider, which means I want to make sure that if I'm doing a skill, it has science that suggests that it's going to be helpful, right? So I, I really practice from two main tools, and I'm going to give you a 30-second crash course into one of the treatments. And that the first one is cognitive behavior therapy, which we'll talk about in a second. The other one is acceptance and commitment therapy. And I pause to tell you this for a second, because the whole point of that is building cognitive flexibility in order to move your life in a meaningful values-based direction, which sounds lovely, doesn't it? It does. Right? So at the end of this, I have a homework assignment that I didn't expect to have, but you set it up perfectly. I want everybody to go watch a YouTube video called The Struggle Switch because it's an acceptance and commitment therapy video that perfectly explains what you just talked about, which is the building of emotion on top of emotion that we don't know what to do with. So right. just go watch that. Perfect, you guys, but, you heard that. <laughs> when we think about, I love it, I come back to that one all the time, but when we think about noticing our thoughts, here's your 30 second crash course into CBT. So this is our CBT triangle, mm, this way, okay. So we have in any situation, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that all interact and build on each other. So for example, I wake up in the morning, maybe I have this presentation tonight or this, this show tonight, or I have something else going on and I spill my coffee, my kid is tantruming, something's going on. We have thoughts, feelings, and actions that are showing up. Oftentimes we focus right away on our feelings, right? I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling tired, maybe I'm cranky, I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, all these things. My actions are going to be, you know, part of that, right? So maybe I'm cranky. Maybe I'm short with people. Um, maybe I'm kind of ineffective or frazzled. Maybe I'm more motivated, so I'm uh, taking more time to prepare. But what we forget to notice a lot of times is what our thoughts are. So maybe in this circumstance, my thoughts are things like, this day's going to suck. I'm going to do terrible. I'm going to fail. I'm a bad mom. Why does my kid yell at me? Right? These are thoughts that I'm having that are impacting our feelings and our actions. A lot of times we go straight to trying to get rid of the feeling, right? Calm down. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Relax. And how well does that work? This does not work at all. Not at all. Never. <laughs> never. never. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that later when we talk about our regulation skills. We'll come back to that. So keep that in mind. But our first tool is we have to notice what thoughts are showing up and what feelings are showing up so we can figure out what to do about it, right? And how they all interact. So maybe I pick up a tool that's like um, a cognitive restructuring where I say, I sort of change that thought and I say, yeah, this day might suck, but I've had bad days before. Or, wow, my kid must be really tired. Maybe that's why he's yelling at me, right? Or it's a good thing I have more coffee. These are different thoughts that might make me feel better. They might not, 
but they might change how I act and how I interact with this triangle, right? So that's our first big skill is before you can figure out what to do with an emotion, you have to know that you're having an emotion, right? And that's that pausing skill, which is essentially mindfulness, pausing and noticing, right? That is a lot to take in, but that sound that that's actually pretty basic. It's hard, I think. I know it's hard for me, but that really hit home of like thought and feeling. Thought, mm-hmm. feeling. How do I separate? And I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of like, you know, at least in the conversation that we're having about like Simone Biles, like my feeling mm-hmm. is very much anger. But that's mm-hmm. not my thought though. I think my thought is I'm tired of people getting angry yeah. at stuff that I go through and that plays into my feeling so yep. i'm not sure what my solution would be to i guess i'm doing it because i'm sitting with that let's think about it yeah because your solution might be just noticing okay i'm feeling angry because it feels unjust right right it feels like people should not be treating her this way so maybe the solution is we just sit with the anger maybe we do a regulation skill to tolerate the anger maybe we notice that that means the thought is also, wow, I really wish there was more outreach. And so maybe I need to do something else to help reduce stigma, like a show, right? (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm doing something to help with this, right? Or for people, you know, maybe it's just sharing a tweet or donating a dollar or spreading some awareness. Maybe you do a values-based action to help with that situation. A lot of times it's just tolerate, like noticing and tolerating and then continuing moving your life in, in the direction that's meaningful. You know, it's funny. We had a guest on our first episode, uh, a friend of mine named Meg, who kind of talked about the same thing. Like her therapist had told her, like when it comes to her anxiety of like, just recognize it in your body very much like you're talking about, right? Of like, just it sucks right now, but it won't forever. Yep. And knowing that, yep. and even just in your explaining of the triangle, I feel already better about the Simone Biles situation. Like, I'm still going to be angry. Yes. But I'm going to sit with that and not let one of those take over the other. Yep. And it's okay to just sit and be angry sometimes, right? That's a good quote. It's I think okay. our, our entire audience love that you just said that because it's a very tense time for all of us right now. Um yeah. But it but it makes a lot of sense. And that's what that's kind of why I really like the Bill Murray videos, because it's like it's these basic things that we know how to do inherently as human beings, but we forget to do so many times. Um, and it is kind of childlike in a sense of what you just showed us, because it's anybody can understand that a kid can understand that. Yeah. And that's the stuff that adults need to start doing. So with regulation skills. Correct me if I'm wrong, that is basically just managing your emotions or am I leaving a lot out? Is there more to that? A yes and yes, both, right? <laughs> so yes, it's just managing your emotions and yes, you're leaving a lot out. That's okay too. That's perfect. <laughs> um, and so yes, when we talk about regulating an emotion, we're talking about a lot of times, um, I like the term distress tolerance with this, which is part of DBT and the key with regulation skills of all is we're not getting rid of the emotion necessarily. That'd be great. But we, as we talked about before, that doesn't always work that way. So instead the goal of a regulation skill is to regulate your body, maybe back to baseline or closer to baseline, but really it's to be able to choose a, a more effective tool or action in the moment. So yeah, if you're angry, 
maybe getting on a Twitter battle with somebody about Simone is not going to be helpful. So instead, you do a regulation skill to say, okay, I'm gonna, I have this anger showing up in my body and in my brain, these thoughts showing up, and that's not gonna be a helpful behavior, so instead I'm gonna regulate in order to stay in it, right? Now with anxiety, we do this differently. That's where so I was about to go. Before I yes. dive into anxiety. Yes. With anxiety, yes, okay, okay. specifically, because that's what with everybody's anxiety? tuning in for. <laughs> yep. This is a little bit different and I'm going to give you, this is your 30 second, which will probably be more like a minute or two crash course into um, why we don't necessarily use coping skills in the same way with anxiety. We're going to, but they're a little bit different. And here's why <laughs> this one isn't even a chart. This is a piece of paper with a marker. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to draw for you. Um, okay. So we have an anxious thought, right? let's say we're here and my anxious thought is I'm going to fail, right? I'm going to do terribly or something bad's going to happen, right? Yes. If I tell you, Hey, this is going to go bad, yes. right? This is not going to go well. That is my anxiety day. does what? <laughs> yes. What, where does, does my anxiety go up or down? Up. Goes up, right? Up. Yes, exactly. And you say, no, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to do great. You prepared. You can do that. You're going to do great. My anxiety maybe goes down, right? He's right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do great. Or maybe the situation is that you were nervous about a social event and you skipped the social event. Your anxiety goes down, right? Oh, okay. I feel better. I'm good. A little kid is afraid of monsters and mom says, or dad says, no, there's no monsters, right? You're fine. You're safe. The anxiety goes down. Here's the problem. If I've said, I think I'm going to fail. And you said, no, you're going to do fine. My anxiety goes down maybe for a couple minutes. <laughs> And then my brain's going to go, hey, what if I really do fail? What if something bad happens? What if I just bomb it, right? Right. So that, the reassurance doesn't work, right? Because I can't actually guarantee that I'm going to do well or that the bad thing won't happen. I can't actually guarantee to that little kid that there's no monsters. There could be. They're very I don't see be. any, right? It's possible. So when we try to escape the anxiety... It goes down for a minute, but then the next time the situation comes up or the next time the thought comes up, it goes up. But here's the annoying part. It goes up higher because we didn't actually deal with it the first time. And then we end up in this place where we're way up here, right? So we end up in this place where the anxiety starts off high and we have to do all this stuff to get out of it. So this is called the avoidance cycle when we avoid an anxiety, it actually reinforces my good handwriting. It actually reinforces the anxiety, right? So we've gotten out of it and it sort of tricked our brain into thinking, yeah, that thought was really scary. You really needed to get out of that, right? You couldn't handle that. <clears throat> or it just biologically reinforces the avoidance, right? So next time we feel like we need to avoid more. So when we treat anxiety, really the whole point, one of the main top of the line treatments for anxiety is exposure and response prevention. And our job with that is that we stop this cycle. We stop the avoidance cycle. And this is kind of beyond the scope of today, but here's the like short version of it. When the anxiety goes up, instead of getting out of it, instead of avoidance, we do something called an exposure where we replace it with habituation. So we actually stay in the anxiety. We practice tolerating the thought, noticing it, accepting it. And then what happens over time is that it goes down because your body learned, 
I didn't actually need to escape that thought. I can ha handle that thought showing up, right? I'm strong too. I'm brave. I can be just as strong as my anxiety. I can do this, right? And that feared thing is either something I can handle or it didn't happen. It was just a thought. All kinds of things, right? We learn all kinds of different things. So this process right here is the exposure part. But the key for today with this, because again, this is like a lot of information, is that we don't want to avoid because it doesn't work. If you've been sitting here trying to like, okay, so if I have that worry, I'm going to fail at this you know, presentation. And I'm going, okay, don't think about it. It's going to be fine. Take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. You can do it. I don't think the anxiety actually goes down. I just like white knuckle through it for a minute, right? right? And right. maybe distract from it. Maybe it goes down temporarily, but not really. So when we do a regulation skill with anxiety, here's your new motto. We want to do the skill in the service of acceptance, not avoidance. We're doing this in the service of bravery, not defeat, not getting rid of, not distraction, but acceptance. This is showing up and it sucks and I hate it and I'm scared and it feels bad, but I'm going to keep doing this meaningful thing because that's what's important to me in life. Not giving into this anxiety, not rewarding this anxiety, not avoidance. I'm going to do this skill in order to stay present, to stay focused, to stay here and to stay in it, moving my life in the direction that I want to live. So if social events are meaningful or outreach is meaningful, right? Let's say I was really nervous for this. I was, but this is really important to me, right? So I could have bailed on you <laughs> very <laughs> you, easily, you, right? Theoretically, you could have. That would have been a bummer. But instead, it would have been, and it, and it would have been a bummer. Um, for my values and what's meaningful to me, right? What's important to me. So instead I say, okay, it could go badly, but I can tolerate that feeling and thought showing up and I'm going to show up anyway. I'm going to risk it and I'm going to, I'm going to show up. And so my regulation skills before this were not to avoid the anxiety, but to say the anxiety is showing up and I'm going to do it anyway. Right? So it's in the service of acceptance, not avoidance. That makes sense. It does. And I like that it's a positive term. It always seems to be that the positive terms, it's the, they're the hardest to find because I mean, with everything like circling back to Simone Biles, we, there's so much harshness there. Grind through, you got to work hard, you got to dig deep. Those are tough, harsh, harsh words, which I know like for somebody like me, I've lived that grinding lifestyle. So many people watching, yeah. I love that. Right. And it's getting away from that. And what you said, acceptance. That word in itself, mm -hmm. Doc, makes me cringe. I know that it probably makes other people cringe because that's a hard thing to do is to accept an emotion. Yeah. Accepting like... And it's not defeat. We're not... Sometimes acceptance right. feels like, well, okay, shoot, this is just what's showing up for me all the time, right? Right. So that We're make building... We're using these skills to build tolerance of anxiety and to build, like, to remind you that you can do this, that you're brave and you can tolerate it, you can accept it. And that's what makes the anxiety go down. That's a really good lesson. Um, I've never really even thought about it before. Like, I think I've been stuck in it like so many people of, of trying. Maybe I noticed one thing, but that right there, that phrase, acceptance above defeat, I love that. That's super encouraging. That's yep. tough to do, Go right? Um, I mean, for anybody to do, but... That's so good to know. I, I guarantee you everybody's loving the chart that you just showed. It's the basics. I love it. I got to get that chart. We got to get that chart. 
I got to get that. I got to put that on my chalkboard for real. Yeah. Um, I'll make a version and send it to you or something. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. <laughs> All right. So question. I, uh, or go ahead, Doc. You go ahead. No, I'm not. I don't need to speak. You just keep going. Show's yours. I think I think this is just this is where it, it's hard work and exposure therapy is weird because it's kind of counterintuitive, right? We are biologically programmed to escape fear, to escape things that could be threatening, right? So if your body's doing that, first of all, it's not it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. If you're anxious, your body is doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's just that it's overactive or doing that when it we don't need it to be doing it, but it's doing it right, right? So we are going to try to reteach that and kind of maneuver this, but it's hard work. So if all you're doing right now is the noticing and the trying to say, okay, this is showing up, but what's important to me and can I do that anyways, that's like the biggest win. So if today you take away from this, all you're doing is pausing and noticing. And by the way, to practice that, I set a timer. I've, I've literally have to set a phone alarm to say, or I actually, we use the Alexa, which she's going to speak up now. Um, but I, I have her go off throughout the day. And that's my note. That's my pause and notice. What am I thinking right now? That's how I practice. If that's all you're doing, you're, that's a win. That's it. I like that idea. Writing it down. I think a lot of people just figure, just are talking to, I don't want to even say her name to, to put it, to get her activated on your end, but we all know her name. That's a really good idea. Doc. Where does this, what do I do with this? Okay, so here's the thing. So since we have these, these are, we're gonna practice accepting. So we have an emotion that's showing up. I'm gonna teach you like two or three, depending on how much time we have, tools that are to help regulate. And my first favorite one is ice face. So we're gonna grab Wait, time our out, ice time pack. Out, time out, did you say, you yeah. said ice face? Ice face. Yep. Okay. Ice face. Okay. So this is a distress tolerance skill. And again, our, our key with this skill, I'm going to use this one. Our key with this is that an emotion showing up. I'm probably not going to be able to get rid of it right in this moment, but I want to practice having it in a way that I can choose an effective response. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to take the ice pack and I want you to go ahead and we're just going to actually literally put it on your face. So your key here is we're gonna take a few seconds and just move it around. And I want you to practice noticing what it feels like on different parts of your face. For example, I notice that if I have it in the middle of my forehead, I actually get the brain freeze sensation. So I actually don't like that one. But whenever I put this up to my face, I realize that I, am a, I clench my teeth. So I always have tension in my jaw. So I think it feels really good on my jaw. Now, if you notice too, I don't know if it'll work with yours, but if it might, it feels colder in my fingers and my hands. When I put it against my cheek, I don't notice it against my fingers. I notice it against my cheek, not my fingers, right? I'm the opposite actually. Wait, okay, cool. So, so what does that mean? Am I in trouble? Is this not good? No, because you did, the key of this is noticing. Okay. It's noticing it's, well, there's some other cool keys with this one. So this is a, this is part of the temperature skill with distress tolerance and the tip skills. You can do this with cold water and ice cube. Yeah. Put it on your neck, on that the back one, of your neck. That one felt the best for me. What does that mean? Cool. 
It means that you like the sensation of the cold on your neck. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like digging for deeper answers. I'm just here to notice. This is right. I'm just noticing. We're just noticing. Okay. We're just noticing, right? Okay. I'm We're just, just noticing. noticing. Taking a couple deep breaths. And the key with this, so this is a forced mindfulness because it's cold and we're paying attention to it. I'm also asking you to pay attention to it. So it's forced mindfulness. I like to take, here's what I like to do. I like to move it around about seven times, eight times. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You don't have to count. But enough times that you kind of get distracted and then you want to pull your brain back to it. So if you notice your mind thinking about something else, come back to it. So like you noticed that you had some thoughts like, am I doing this right? I'm assuming that was one of your thoughts. Yes. What does that mean, right? <laughs> so, okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But right now we're just noticing the cold. You are doing it right, by the way. I'll give you that reach. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. I think I noticed. So this is ice face. This is ice face. I notice that maybe I'm just trying to do it right because I'm always anxious about impressing other people and doing things the right way, especially if I have the spotlight on. So maybe that's a, that's a thought and a feeling I'm having. Well, and we do have, I mean, we have ice packs on our faces on television. So, I mean, this is <laughs> fun. <laughs> I guarantee you everybody watching is doing this at home. They they either had an ice pack or they ran to go get one and they're just watching us do this. This one is great to do also when you're when you're anxious or angry because you get a little bit worked up, right? You get activated. This is actually going to cool you down. So that's the first tool. I like this one all just whenever you're feeling anxious i forgot to say something though this is important yes ma'am ice and then the next one i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you is a just a breathing skill and then one more if we have time it's quicker here's here's the key with these regulation skills a lot of times we're taught to use them when we're in an emotion right but that's kind of the same avoidance like you're mad take a deep breath which works never right it does work, but not if we wait to use it in that emotion. So the key with these skills that I want you to try to do is practice them as part of a routine, not when you're in an emotion. So I do my deep breathing after I've brushed my teeth, because I know I'm going to do that hopefully twice a day. And then it's minty fresh. And so it has a new sensation. So we practice the skills like we're learning a skill, like an instrument or a language, right? Then when you have the emotion, your body knows what to do and it's easier to access it. Even ice face. If you never do this, when you're really worked up, you're not going to remember to go do it, right? No. So have an alarm, have a routine, have a time when you say, okay, pause, notice what I'm feeling, notice what I'm thinking, no ju judgment on it, no nothing with it, just notice. And then go do a skill. And then when you need those tools, it'll be easier to do. You're blowing minds right now, Doc. You're blowing <laughs> minds. And I love it. Ice face. What's up? Ice face. Okay. <laughs> That's so good. That's wonderful. Are you ready for the next one? Yes, we got we can do we can do one more and then what I'd love for one you to more. do, Doc. Um is uh, our audience is losing it right now you have to come back on the show we would love for you to come okay. back on and practice more so let's let's do one more yes 
let's just do breathing because that's okay. the most that everybody hates breathing because when I say take a deep breath, everyone hates it, but it's really important because it works. So here's what we're going to do. I have my finger out already. Did, when I said breathing, did your lungs go, oh, cool. No, I, I, I sat up <laughs> okay. straight and I'm trying to make my chest big and <sighs> okay. Okay. We're going to put our hands out. One hand out okay. is a five. This okay. is literally five finger breathing. We're gonna take our other hand and we're gonna trace. And when we trace up your up your finger, literally, we're gonna breathe in and then out. In and out. If you have thoughts showing up, let them show up. I have some thoughts showing right up. Right now, we're breathing. There you go. I, by the I, time I get to the second or third finger, I get annoyed. I'm like, this is stupid. And then by the time I'm done, I'm like, oh, that feels good. That last <laughs> finger, that was the one that I, I actually right? felt like a legitimate, like calm breath come out of me. But yeah, I felt some emotions and some feelings on two and three, maybe in on one. Yep. Right. I think it's funny that it happens on finger three. We start to, we are like, what is this? <laughs> Get to the final finger and you'll feel better. Oh my goodness. That's so good. People are probably losing it right now watching it. Everybody was doing it though. Somebody probably walked in the room while they're holding their hand. They're like, I'm doing a breathing exercise. <laughs> but that's, that's a really good technique. And that's, it's that, it's those simple things, right? That are so hard to do, but we have to do them. Touch, yep. breath, walking, mm -hmm. mindfulness. And it's hard practicing, yeah. noticing. Yeah, those are all so tough to do. Um, but I think everybody just got a really good idea of how to start doing those things. So I appreciate that. And just just start, just practice once a day if you can. When you're feeling calm, practice it, and then you got it. Doc, that's amazing, man. My mind is still like legitimately like not for the sake of entertainment. I'm sitting here. I just <laughs> it's one of those things when you get hit with with a truth. It's undeniable in your body, right? And I just got hit with a, th a few truths tonight. I'm like, wow, I got some stuff I got to work with. Okay. I know. Gotcha. Same. That's why I love this. Yep. Had no idea. Yeah. You're going to be seeing a lot yeah. of me just walking around downtown with an ice pack, ice facing it up Perfect. with my hand out <laughs> doing breathing exercises. <laughs> um, Doc, before you get out of here, um, you've already given us so much. Uh, are there any places online, any resources that you would recommend for any other little tips or tricks if people are trying to go through this uh, process of noticing? I so Calm and Headspace apps are really good. Okay. The, the, those two have good mindful noticing. If you're looking for information on anxiety specifically, go to iocdf.org internationalocdfoundation.org they've got all the things um they've got all the things they got I all think the those things would be good to start they've that's got what all you need things. to know people they got all the things ice face <laughs> that's it that's all you need <laughs> doc this this was so awesome having you on this this was so much fun we have to have you come back on for more things Love to. thank you so much for that yeah. um that is Dr. Yeah. Aaron Underbrink, everybody. Doc, thank you again so much uh, for enlightening us all. And uh, we'll touch base with you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. All right. See you, Doc. Bye.
Oh my goodness, folks. Oh my goodness. Legitimate shock on my face. I had no idea about Ice Face. I didn't know, because last week we're talking and she's like, hey, I need you to bring an ice pack. And she didn't tell me. I'm like, I, I assumed I would put it on my body, but I, I really did not know. Um, my goodness. Absolutely insane. Um, and I know we're running a little long, so I'm just going to go to my, my second guest right now um, just to get his thoughts. I really hope that he was watching this. Uh, just now. So whenever he pops up, we'll get him on. Um, but I thought, gosh, Doc had so many good things right there for us to, to, to work on, especially with noticing, especially with her triangle of thoughts and feelings. So um, I got to get I got to get thoughts and feelings from one of my favorite people right now. Mr. Andy Cortez of Kind of Funny of one minute movie review fame of everything fame. This guy is taking over the world. And in fact, he was literally just doing a broadcast for the Olympics, this guy's a superstar, and I'm so excited to have him on the program. <laughs> Mr. Andy Cortez, brother, how are you doing? Mr. Co, it's been way too long since you and I have communicated. I miss you, man. I hope you're doing well. Um, superstar, all right, take it easy right there. Take it easy <laughs> with the superstar talk. I, what, anytime somebody's like, dude, you're on the internet, like that's really, really cool. And I'm like, all right, cool, but like, you know, still got, still got a lot of student loans still got a lot of debt you know like it's it, i'm just like you okay i'm just like you trust me one still of have us, a lot of debt one of yeah. us uh, <laughs> well brother i did see you doing some stuff for the olympics the other day uh, i mean uh, correct me if i'm wrong you were doing something for the broadcast were you actually like telecasting something or like what what was that all about it was a twitch olympics sort of uh thing that they were doing where my buddy sancho west invited me to be on the broadcast with him and it's essentially a watch party. It's the official Twitch NBC Olympics watch party on the NBC Olympics Twitch page. And so it was as official as it can get without actually having the rights to the Olympics, <laughs> because <laughs> obviously NBC, we know how all that goes. So right. it was just kind of a little chit chat hangout. We just talked about whatever while reacting to uh, some of the swimming events. And uh, yeah, it was more of just it was more of an interview and less of a let's actually watch sports because we weren't allowed to, unfortunately, but I mean, it was I, still fun. Really I, cool opportunity. I would pay you to do commentary. Like I, I would pay <laughs> that. If you could just hop in the booth one night with Al Michaels, I would pay top dollar <laughs> to see that product. I uh, mean, we already saw Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart do a really great job of the Olympics. And oh, that was oh my goodness, some magical stuff. You, you, if nobody's seen what Andy's talking about, one specifically was where they were commentating on the horse doing the trot. Did you see that, Andy? <laughs> yes, yes. That's probably the two greatest minutes of, of analysis I've ever seen in sports uh, I, history. I had no idea that they there was about four episodes, full 30-minute episodes of all of that. It's like <laughs> they were there for hours just talking. Um, if you haven't seen the clip of them reacting to the teams walking out and how the different countries were addressed, it was hysterical man it is hysterical we need more stuff like that that's the type of commentary i like uh so andy before we kind of dive into why you're you uh have decided to show up on this show and and share some stuff with us and have a discussion is you know one of the things we started off with at the top of the show why i mean oddly enough and it doesn't seem like it's that odd anymore because mental health is the discussion right now and everything that has been going on at the olympics whether it's naomi osaka whether it's uh, simone biles whether it's michael phelps 
you know, really taking a flamethrower to the conversation and busting it wide open. What were your thoughts on all that? What, how did you feel seeing Simone Biles get attacked like that? Um, I mean, a lot of it just comes from a lack of understanding, really. I think when uh, there are certain angles that people want to attack and obviously quitter, they're giving up, uh, they, they can't take the heat. And I think a lot of that just is just stuff we need to get over eventually when people talk about, oh, the clutch gene, he's not mentally tough enough. He doesn't got it. You know, we sort of talk about and idolize Kobe and Jordan, that Mamba mentality. But, right. you know, not everybody's wired that way. And that's totally fine. And even somebody as uh, as of an, an incredible human being as Simone Biles is can still have mental faults here and there and i think that's what everybody sort of needs to take notice is that yes even the top of the tiniest one of the one percent athletes out there can still have some issues and i thought it was i thought it was great that she did it i think there's nothing scarier than hearing about knowing that you're midair not knowing how many times you've spun in midair not knowing if you're gonna break your neck on the next fall you know all that stuff it's like Yes, when you explain it to people and kind of get out ahead of it, and I, I think explaining it in a way that way helps a bit more than just people saying she's dropping out because she's scared. Right. I, I think we need to be way better about communicating because you see those headlines and it's uh, obviously it's it's clickbait and people want to click on that link and sound off and give their opinion as terrible as it can be. But um, I I actually had to kind of almost pre put out a fire because <laughs> I'm, I'm back home right now uh, visiting family. And there was a family member who was like, Hey, so what happened with her? Why'd she quit? And I kind of knew where the conversation was going to head to. And I just felt like I needed to step out ahead and be like, Hey, have you heard of the twisties? Neither had I, here's what it is. <laughs> here's what Simone Biles was scared of. And when you're worried about something like that, when you're going through that many mental um, hurdles, you know, for lack of a better word, you, it's just not safe to do. And why would you want to drive across the country on no sleep? You know, it's sort of a similar thing. So I think it was super important and I'm so proud of her for doing it, you know. Same. I, I really think that her legacy is going to be this, apart from the gold medals and the greatness that she already had accumulated. It's going to be her legacy in the mental health conversation. And it really goes to what you just said of like not risking it. You're risking both body and mind. Because if you do fail and push through when you don't know what's going on and you can't trust, when you're a faulty narrator, that's a dangerous position to be in. So mm -hmm. you, could, you could end up in a really bad situation both ways. And it, it, I think you really spoke to the fact that people just don't understand how they can't hold two thoughts at the same time. They see somebody like you, Andy, I'll take you for an example, of somebody who is super funny, charismatic, uh, you work in entertainment, you do a bunch of different things. And if somebody's watching you on the Olympic broadcast, they're thinking this guy's living it up and they would have no idea that you actually struggle as much as you do. And I don't think they'd really accept it. They expect, they expect the funny man. They expect the entertainer to show up every day and give us this stuff. But really there's the battles that you, the battles that you don't see are the worst, the injuries you can't really put your eyes on. And so you coming onto the show, this really hits home for you because for so many people, more often than not, it's not just one affliction that we're going through. It's multiple, multiple things that we're dealing with at the same time. And, you know, when I first did this show and, and announced that I was going to launch, you know, we, 
talked and, and you told me that you double uh, suffer from a few different things. So I'd love for you to share that with folks and uh, be a part of that discussion. And then I'd love to hear what tips and tricks do you do to manage any of that? Are you beginning that process or what do you hope to get from it? Yeah. So um, I feel like for majority of my life, I have been ADHD and just wasn't really aware or I knew that near the end of high school, it was so hard to read a page of a book and remember what I'd read because suddenly I'm thinking about, you know, what this person said to me five days ago and I get to the end of the page and go, what did I like? God damn it. I got to read this again. And the frustration start to build up and not comprehending exactly what I'm reading just immediately gets, you get frustrated and you get angry at yourself um, because you think that something, there's a party that's like broken in a way, you know? And um, as far as anxiety goes, I mean, it's just been something I've dealt with my whole life and didn't really know what to call it. Didn't really want to talk about it. I think a lot of that comes from, um, I mean, luckily my, my family's great. Like I, I don't really have a whole lot of toxic masculinity that, that Mexican machismo that a lot of Latinos and, and Latinas and Latinx grew up with, um, where you want to talk about your feelings and you may be, but you're kind of worried too, because you know that there's going to be, you know, an uncle kind of be like, ah, don't worry about that stupid shit. Like it's, it's that stuff that I kind of was worried about and, and talking about. Um, but God damn, you know, I, anxiety is something that I've been dealing with for a long time and didn't really realize how it affected my life way back when and, and even now where I'm constantly just worried about what somebody's thinking of me or uh, if somebody hasn't responded, you immediately go doom and gloom. Oh, shit. Did I say something that I didn't remember? What are they mad at me? What did I do? You know, I think that's really common. I see it on the internet a lot, and a lot of people are relating to that more and more. And for all the the terrible stuff that social media is responsible for, I think one of the good things it's responsible for is letting a lot of people know, kind of have that light bulb moment and go, "Oh shit, that's me." And obviously, it's not a diagnosis. Don't take that as 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 law or you know don't don't take that word as if they're it's straight from a doctor's mouth but when you start to recognize those little issues that you've been dealing with and where um i can't sleep at night because suddenly i'm wondering what if i become homeless tomorrow the dumbest things to worry about that are completely not going to happen but my mind goes to that doom and gloom scenario all the time and it's just something that has not only affected my day to day, but affected relationships in the past. Um, and so I decided to um, look up Dunn, which is a an online sort of um, um, care center where they might prescribe you medicine if you require if you require it. And it, they have um, psychologists there to talk to you um, if you need help. They have people that it, it's just kind of like a one stop shop for. Here's what you need to do. I'm in the middle of the quarantine. I'm probably the lowest I've been. <laughs> like, I've always been dealing with these issues, but quarantine kind of, I think, definitely exacerbated all of them. And so being able to talk to somebody and finally say, here's what I've been feeling for a long time. What What's wrong with me? Like, I, I would love to feel a certain way. I would love to wake up and be ready to go and all giddy. But there's just, sometimes I 
want to talk to everybody. And sometimes I would prefer just disappearing from the planet. And it's just, it's so weird having those, those days where, um, sometimes I wake up and it's like, all right, well, I got to turn this camera on and somehow be entertaining. So, so let me try to do this or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I ended up talking to and getting help for it. And, um, I am now treating my ADHD and that's been helping a lot with, um, staying on track as best as possible when it comes to tasks and not feeling like I'm being pulled in a million different directions and having a million different thoughts in my head. Um, but the anxiety is something I'm still working on and still seeking help for. Did you get a chance to uh, check out Doc's uh, tutorial with Iceface? I didn't see Iceface, but I did the finger thing. I you did, did the, the I, thing. I did okay. the breathing thing, and that was fantastic. Well, you're gonna have to go back and watch Iceface because that might have literally just changed my life tonight. It sounds like a terrible Batman villain. Wasn't it? it does, but it's the complete opposite. It's the hero. Iceface is absolutely oh, the wow. hero. Yes. The, um, the face turn at the end of the movie. <laughs> but man, you touched on so many things right there. Um, one, you talked about you know something that I'm hoping to get into on this show, and we have somebody actually coming on in a few weeks who uh, works with police departments and also people of color in the community because that's just something that's not really accepted in certain groups. And I think one of the things you touched on that no matter what community you come from, if you have a mental illness, you have to tell people a watered down truth. Because if you tell them the real way that you're feeling, like that family member you talked about who you said you had to kind of nip that in the bud before it got started, if you gave that person your real feelings, it's usually not met with acceptance. And that's really hard to deal with. Thousand percent, yeah. Um, But a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of politics sort of behind that discussion that was about to happen. So I didn't want to get into that part of it. That's another thing, yeah. Because we all kind of know you know, who was attacking Simone Biles. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, it, it is, it, it, there's a lot of familial sort of stuff happening there that I, I think a lot of people are going through and don't necessarily even know it because it's sort of the norm. And, um, it's just, I don't know, like we don't, we don't get men, we don't get help for our mental. What are you talking about? Like, that's such a weird, odd concept to think of. Um, you, you, I don't know, rub, uh, I'm trying to think of all the rub, put some Vicks on it or whatever, all the, some the Mexican it. sort of, yeah, all the Mexican cure-alls are <laughs> drink a Sprite, you know? Um, but I, you know, recently talking to my parents about it, it I, it kind of like opened their eyes and they're like, shit, we never knew you felt this way. And I kind of let them know that like, yeah, all of those mornings that dad took me to work and I just didn't want to talk. Like, I know I was being a little piece of shit. I was rude and I was just sitting there, but I was just like, for some reason in this tunnel zone that I didn't want, I just don't want interaction right now. And it, and it's, and it was so hard to kind of come to grips with that and be like, damn, like I was kind of a shitty kid. <laughs> My dad'd be driving me to school and I'd just be sitting there like no communication. And a lot of that is just waking up on the wrong side of the bed and that's like the terrible way to water that term down and say, ah, the case of the Mondays or whatever. But sometimes five days out of the week are a case of the Mondays <laughs> and just not wanting to speak or interact or see anybody. Or if I'm in my room and I hear my roommates in the living room, I'll just stay there in my room 
And if I need to pee, I'll just wait because I don't want to walk outside and see somebody and talk to them. And it's no fault to them. I just know that there's something up here that I need to kind of come to grips with and fix. And uh, a lot of that is just mood and anxiety. And yeah, I, I have no idea, but I'm I'm glad to continue this search for whatever it is I'm looking for, you know. I think so many people watching, everybody watching this just related to that in some form or fashion. You know, one thing, Andy, one of, a, a, uh, one of the, the great people that we had on the show, her name is Marcy. She's a clinical behavioral therapist, and uh, she was on our first episode. We didn't get to this conversation, but she puts it in a really good way, is that if you suffer from something, it's usually not one thing, it's buckets. And depending upon what you have in your bucket, you're either helping something or hurting something. And you never really know which is which until you start getting treatment, you start getting therapy and start your process. Um, so, so for so many of that, like uh, those analogies you gave, like, you know, waking up on the wrong side of the bed, case of the Mondays, all that, that's probably playing into a bunch of different things for you to your anxiety, to your depression, to everything else, right? I know I suffer from the same thing. Everything you just said, dude, when we worked together, I thought you hated me because I forgot to have you on my show once. I'm like, I can never talk to Andy again. He hates me. He's never going to want to talk to me. Oh, good. He moved. Good. I'd never have to deal with that situation. So he can go hate <laughs> me in California. Like we, oh my have these, we have these crazy thoughts, right? Of like, um, that aren't based in reality. We manifest them and then we, we cultivate that man manifestation into something that boils over into something worse. It feeds our depression. It feeds into different buckets. Um, yeah, there have been, um, a couple of situations where it's, I think the the most problematic it became where you start to create those situations um, oh, happened in a relationship, uh, 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 an ex-girlfriend of mine. She was overseas with friends and one of her friends had a seizure and it was like really scary and, and kind of freaky for that to happen. And she was panicking about it. And I'm, I'm kind of freaking out over here, back over here in America. Um, they were in, off in Europe and my mind told me that well andy when you are kind of stressed out about stuff and maybe your dad's calling you to ask about that stress or maybe you're dealing with a car situation and your dad keeps calling you about your car you get really really annoyed and irritated don't do that to her don't keep calling her and annoying her and that's that was my mind kind of figuring out a solution when really she just wanted her boyfriend to be there for her. And that kind of me not necessarily calling a whole lot and asking and worrying kind of showed her that I wasn't cared. I wasn't caring enough about the situation, but it was just my mind creating some stupid reason to be like, no, 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 no. You're probably going to annoy her. Don't, don't bother her. <laughs> and it's right. like, she needs somebody there, right? She needs somebody to talk to. And for whatever reason, I had kind of just, it, it's always just a loop after a loop. And I'm, and I'm, I'm climbing a new hill to find a, a solution to a problem that there isn't, but I have to fix this problem that also doesn't exist. And you just end up kind of destroying the situation. And that like that ended up being kind of one of the things of other stuff that ended the relationship. But I think about that stuff and that's the stuff that you kind of can't help but beat yourself up over and get really frustrated with your thought process in that moment. Um, and and that happens a lot that, it, not, you know, not even in relationships, but that just happens 
a lot of the other time of my life, you know, uh, throughout the work day, throughout um, somebody calling you to uh, to ask for help. And then maybe if you don't get back to them, you feel like, well, shit, I can never call them again. You know, um, <laughs> the, the, even the dumbest stuff yep. of yeah. I have not paid my dental bill in a year and a half. And I still don't want to because I can't just pay it online. I have to call them. And they're going to ask me to go back and I'm going to have to say no. And I don't want to have to have that conversation. I don't want that damn interaction. So I'm avoiding it like the goddamn plague. And it's so stupid. But that stupid bill keeps popping up. And there's a little stupid ass message that, that's like, hey, we can't find your your check. Maybe it's still in your wallet. It's like, OK, enough with the starkiness. Let me pay online like a goddamn 21st century company. Anyway, I'm just airing grievances no. now. Andy, the reason why I'm like losing it right now uh, is because you and I might have the same dentist. I have like three <laughs> overdue bills because the exact same reason you have to pay over the phone. And I, I'm not kidding. I don't want to talk to them either. So I just have not done it. They're going to want me to go back and I'm just going to have to be like, and right. I can never say no. I can't say no um, when like... <laughs> there's a great oh my gosh everything is like tiktok nowadays but there was a great tiktok that i saw where a girl said i can go into a barber shop get my hair completely fucked up by the barber and then say uh thank you here's a 20 dollar tip <laughs> and that's me where it's like if somebody says oh when are you going to reschedule i can go in with the mindset of saying andy you're not going to reschedule and i'll be like yeah sure i'll see you in two weeks let's do this and I, I don't know what it is about me that just always feels the need to, like, I don't know, do too much. I have no idea what it is, but it, it's just always there. There's always a part of me that, like, it. it's hard for me to say no, you know? Right. I, I know for me and my bipolar, this might be similar because I think, it, at least from my perspective, like, you got masks, man. Like, a lot of people, we have different masks for different situations. And so I'm always worried that somebody is seeing me without one. Like, oh my God, they just saw a little bit of my bipolar. So now I have to hit the eject button and I never can see this person again or I can never be in this situation again. Um, and so I've, I've gotten a reputation in my life as a flake, somebody that disappears because it's, it's more about, and I don't know if you feel like this, but I know some of our viewers do, of like, you're so afraid to just be you in the moment because you don't think it's enough. So you don't let anybody see you in that regard. You, you turn yourself into the enemy in your mind just to justify the means of what just happened. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think I can kind of relate to that. Um, it, it's, it's frustrating. And the amount of times that I have justified stuff by saying this dumb brain can't figure it out. Don't know why I did that. Don't know why I jumped to that conclusion. Have no idea why I thought that this would mean that, that that would mean this. And then the person that you're talking to is like, what the fuck are you even worrying about? What, what? Like, and you feel like you're just creating all these stupid ass scenarios. And it's, it, it, sometimes it could kind of be embarrassing. You know, it can, it can, you just feel like garbage afterwards. Well, you are among friends, my friends, as far as our viewers go. I think a lot of us can tap into that right there. And I think one of the cool things about what Dr. Underbring said on the show today is like really getting away from those harsh terms that we use for ourselves. Cause I'm pretty sure Andy, like I can tap like that grinding stuff, you know, the sports mentality that we we've had growing up, you hear, hear those things and you gotta be that way. It's not a good feeling. And words like 
acceptance and love and love yourself, that shit's tough to do. And yeah. Doc, breaking down when you're managing your anxiety, is that ha- that's how you have to be, is kind to yourself. So many people have treated themselves like absolute shit that that is so hard to even, like I even can't even tap into that sometimes. How do I treat myself nice? I know how to treat others nice, and I know you do too, but how do I treat myself nice? Yeah, that a thousand percent. And I, I, I wish I knew because there, there are the weekends where I say, all right, going to wake up tomorrow, go to the gym, get back, probably stream, you know, whatever. Obviously, during quarantine, not a whole lot to do. Um, but there are times that I will sleep for, no joke, 16 hours. And I'm in bed and I'll wake up around 11, go back to bed, like 11 a.m., stay up, watch something on TV, go back to bed an hour later. And I'm just and I'm just stuck in this pit and I can't really get out of it. And I have no motivation to do anything or be active. And I always just attributed that to laziness. But I, I think there's just something more there of. You know, I don't think it's my body needing a reset either. I don't think it's exhaustion. I think it's just sometimes I just feel like garbage and I don't know why. <laughs> like, I wish I could. I wish I had an answer. I wish there was like a screen that showed me. I wish my Fitbit said, yeah, yeah, today's a, you feel like shit today. Like, OK, that's why I understand, you know, but you just there, there's really no reasoning for it. And that's more the frustrating part. And that's why, you know, seeking help has uh, become really important for me because uh, I got the ADHD down so far, I think. Um, and now I think it's, you know, treating not only this anxiety, but also, you know, I'm not going to say I have depression because I'm not going to diagnose myself. But yeah, I f- sometimes feel like garbage for no reason. Um, when things are going great in life, you know, why, why should I feel sad right now? And I just do sometimes and I can't really put my finger on it. So that's been part of the 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 journey of learning myself and my brain and uh i think i'm capable of a lot and so i never want to call my brain like fully dumb because i know what i'm capable of and i know i can do cool shit but on the opposite side it's like at what cost (laughs) you know (laughs) man i'm so happy to hear that you are working on it though um I mean, I have a long ways to go on my journey too, brother, but I know that it's been worth it every step of the way. Um, I'm probably like eight years in now, and I, I, I mean, it's not to demoralize anybody, but I mean, I think it's a thing that you work on for the rest of your life, but I can't even imagine if I had stayed where I was, where I would be. Um, and so it's awesome to hear that you're working on your process, man. Um, you already got the breathing technique down. We're all working on it with our hands. We got that step mm-hmm. one. Got to go get ice face. Um but I think it's, I, th- I love that. That's inspiring. It's like, I got one thing down. And I got a couple more to go. I like that mentality. Um, so a little checklist, yeah. Little checklist. <laughs> and that's, that's not as, that's not a harsh thing, right? Like that's, you know, it's a manageable thing. So I like that you put it in those terms and, um, I appreciate you sharing with us tonight, man. Um, of I course, guarantee you, you inspired a lot. I think this is literally just it. None of this, uh, has to be profound. Anytime I have on a guest, but I guarantee you, and the whole goal is to get one little nugget for everybody that it's going to change their life. And I think we've done that tonight with you, my friend. So good talking to you. Dude, likewise, man. I mean, it's it's been so rewarding to kind of have, you know, even as small of a platform as I do have, whenever I do get those DMs from people saying, 
hey man i feel the same way you do and i've like i i feel better about it now because i'm able to kind of relate and know that i am not alone and know that you wake up in the morning feeling like garbage and know that there's a lot of other people that feel that way too you are not alone this is more normal than it should be unfortunately but i think taking those steps to try to help yourself and you know try to fix yourself as best as possible um is uh, those are that's what's most important it is man it is we talk about on the show that we are in the dark and we need people to understand that we're looking for each other and that's all this is you and i finding each other having this conversation it's making everybody feel better so brother i appreciate it you are uh, you're going up into the stratosphere I, I totally expect you to be on Levitard. You're going to take his spot one day. <laughs> um, everybody go check out Andy if you haven't seen his stuff. It's uh, Andy Cortez. He's uh, at kind of funny, but he is very much his own man. Um, and I, I, I love your movie reviews. You have not done a movie review in a minute, though. It's been a while, dude. It's been, the last thing I did was a game review for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and that was last year, about two months into quarantine. Okay. How much, uh, what did that score? uh very high nine point something it was one of the games of the year yeah but there was but it you know it it when it comes to those stupid reviews it's always like what can be the gimmick this time and the creativity just hasn't necessarily been there it's okay (laughs) you know quarantine covid man it's killed a lot but i know it's gonna come back they always brighten my day i thought they were the funniest thing on the internet so Thank you for continuing to be that guy. Thanks for joining the show, brother. And we'll, we'll have you on whenever you want to be on, man. So uh, Absolutely. be well. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate right. it, man. Have I'll a good one. Mr. Cortez, what a gem. I think that was enlightening. He said a lot. Man, Andy had a really good um, – he had crosshairs on, on all of his issues. And I think that's something that a lot of people, myself included, we're always trying to get towards of like – being able to identify, I mean, he basically did what Doc Underbrink talked about is that he's noticed all the things that are going on. You heard him talk about noticing, why do I feel like shit all the time, sleeping this much, all of this. I need to go get diagnosed. I need to go figure this out. Those are the steps. So I think it's great to hear that from Andy and let you guys know that people like that that are super engaging, super funny, can light up a room man, they got a lot of stuff going on in a lot of different areas. I think that goes for all of us. Um, What an amazing show. I'm still blown away. I got Ice Face on the brain. I really can't think about anything else except Ice Face. Um, That was so enlightening. And that's going to be the norm going forward, guys, is um, I'm having on more people to show us more unique things like that that we can manage. And a lot of it's basics, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's pretty much going to be our show today. I'm actually going to be doing our homework section from last week in the post show. So if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever audio platform, uh, if you watch us live on Twitch, uh, I always do a little bit more after the show is over. But that's going to be it for this one. The last thing I do want to talk about, guys, is um, we are going to have an extra episode this week. It's going to be on Wednesday. It is going to be the same time at 7 o'clock. You'll see me promoting it on social. Um, but it is going to be another episode of How Are We Today? But it's going to be different. It's not going to be medical guests. It is going to be a very raw conversation that we're going to be having. 
the who that I'm having on the show is Barbara Dunkelman, who is a very good friend of mine who works at a company called Rooster Teeth. She is going to be on, and uh, um, you'll just have to show up to see what we're going to talk about, but it's kind of like no frills, no setup. We are just going to talk, and what we're going to be talking about is super important. In fact, if there's anything I could ever contribute to the mental health conversation, it is what I'm going to say on Wednesday. So I really hope that you guys are able to show up and watch that episode. Um, But those of you that watched today, greatly appreciated it. Uh, If you're listening, thank you for doing the same. Everybody that showed up live on Twitch, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much to Dr. Aaron Underbrink and, of course, Andy Cortez for really opening up our eyes in a whole bunch of different ways. I hope you guys gained at least something, a little nugget from the show. And I think there was plenty. We had a we had a gold mine today, let's be honest. Um, so before I get out of here, guys, got to leave you with a quote. And of course, it's going to be from Bill Murray because that's who we talked about on the show today. Um, and I think this is a really important one. Of course, he's got some great ones from Caddyshack and, and Ghostbusters. I don't know if those are really appropriate for the show, but they do make me laugh. But this one is a really good one. We are born alone. We do need each other. It's lonely to really effectively live your life. And anyone you can get help from or give help to, that's part of your obligation. So with that, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you so much for being part of the show. And uh, remember to uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to come check us out on Twitch, please do. We always have so much fun with our program. And that's going to wrap it up for episode number three. We'll see you guys next time.